Hey, everybody, it's the Monty Man from Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Before we play one of the best of Take 12 Recovery Radio from the year 2015, uh, I wanted to come to you with an urgent plea. Now, a couple times a year, we ask you to donate to help keep us on the air. We we are a not-for-profit organization. In other words, we don't get paid here. All the money that we get, anything that comes in donation-wise, is to help keep us on the air, to keep our audio booth intact, to keep our office supplies going, and maintenance of our recording equipment. Uh, we have the highest quality of recording equipment, so we can bring you the highest quality and sound uh, for the shows. But listen, we can't do it on our own. And we are at a critical level right now. We have to come up with $3,000 here in this next month to be able to stay on the air. Listen, if you would consider a donation or becoming a Take 12 Recovery Radio sponsor, we would certainly appreciate it. No amount is too small. To donate, simply visit us at Take12Radio.com. Click, uh, or I should say, scroll to the bottom of the page and click on the Donate button. And uh, there it'll show you how you can participate in becoming a Take 12 Radio uh, sponsor financially. Um, please pray for us because we don't want to go off the air. We're getting ready to celebrate um, our 16th year in production and 15th year of actually broadcasting the best in recovery talk and positive music. And uh, we we have no intentions of going off, off the air. We, we are believing uh, in our higher power, our God, um, that he's going to supply our needs. But we, we need your help. And so please, if you would do that, go to Take12Radio.com, slide down to the bottom of the page, click on Donate. We would appreciate it more than you know. It means so much to so many. Well, this is a show entitled Outside Issues was the topic uh, with Sandy W. and my sponsor, Bruce H., uh, who has gone home to to be with the good Lord uh, here not not too long ago, actually. We sure do miss Bruce. Uh, but this was a great show. We we did some fun in recovery. We did some Take 12 trivia. And then we talked about the issue of outside issues in our 12-step fellowships. So without further ado, here's the show from the best of in 2015. The views expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. And now, here are your co-hosts, Sandy W., Bruce H., and The Monty Man. Yes, welcome. Welcome aboard. New theme song, new co-host, Sandy W. This is week three for Sandy. Ooh. Week three. And uh, and by the way, uh, Sandy just celebrated 24 years. 24. The big 2-4. Yes. 2-4. Thank you, God. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, and you're pretty emotional about that. Mm. Right? Some reason this year it hit me. Yeah. Hit me. 
Yeah. Well, congratulations. Oh, you're getting emotional now. Yeah. Well, you know, hey, it's an emotional deal when you think about it. You bet. And that was a great little story that she told us before we went on air about <laughs> walking down the street and you know and how she felt that morning. Is that incomprehensible demoralization? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congratulations, my Thank friend. Thank you. It looks good on you. <laughs> it looks good on you. <laughs> She looks good on all of us. To, to, have her, <laughs> yeah. to have her as a friend, you know, and and I believe that Sandy is one of the people that uh, we have that fellowship of the spirit with. You bet. And I think that's what binds us together, like we never were before. It wasn't right. that we had this common thing with alcoholism or like on the ship, and, you know, yeah. waters deep. Right. Yeah, right. But it's uh it's that, that fellowship of the spirit. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Well, welcome to the great reality, everybody, here at Take 12 Radio. Uh, Take12radio.com and your internet dial. Our email address is take12radio at comcast.net. Um, now, Bruce, you don't watch a lot of TV. True? I watch a lot of news. Well, you watch a lot of news. Well, if I said Kardashian, would you know who I'm talking about? <laughs> no. Bruce wouldn't know. You would know, Sandy, right? Kardashian. Uh, well, here's a couple of interesting stories. Uh, Chloe, ready to roll on booze-themed talk show after Lamar o- overdoses. Uh, Chloe Kardashian won't let Odom's addiction nightmare derail her project. The show must go on. Lamar Odom's ongoing and very public battles with addiction aren't stopping Chloe Kardashian from moving ahead with her booze-fueled talk show, Cocktails with Chloe. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, following delays in production due to Odom's crisis, uh, RadarOnline.com has learned from a network insider that the reality star has assured executives it won't stop her work. Uh, Chloe has asked to meet with them this week because they really wanted to make sure that she will be okay with this, said the source. They need to know that they are not wasting all of this money on production only to have her back out at the last minute. But even after several of her close friends dropped dead in recent months due to addiction, plus her husband Odom's drug overdose and her own sister Courtney's family being destroyed because of booze, the insider says that Chloe said that she is ready to roll on the show that will have her drinking every single day during the show. Chloe basically said that she is not going to stop drinking because Lamar can't handle his SHIT. Uh, she told the executives that she is ready to get back to work, and the show is slated to premiere in December. Okay. More, well, I, more I don't, I don't know her, so I've not commented on her. <laughs> well, you're very fortunate. <laughs> I don't know her either, but that's... I don't know her either. That's, I don't want to. <laughs> Egads. Uh, cocktails with Chloe. Look for it on your local station. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have have you ever, uh, ever anybody ever put a gun to your head and say here drink this when you were out there drinking? No. <laughs> you know we hear people say that. Well, nobody put a gun to your head, right? Well, escaping the clutches of alcoholism is never easy, and it certainly wasn't for Nicholas, who had to go on antidepressants to cope with the withdrawal symptoms. Yeah. But thanks to the timely help. Of, of a uh, Chilean treatment center, he has finally been able to get back to what he does best, being a monkey, uh, alcoholic monkey, 
Uh, Nicholas was abused in captivity by his owners, shopkeepers in the uh, Chilean capital of Santiago. They amused themselves by teaching him to smoke cigarettes and giving him alcohol. They liked to see his reactions when he drank. He became more aggressive, and that made them laugh, said the veterinarian, Nicole Rivera Elberg. Nicholas, whose owners had his fangs removed, was made to drink with a gun to his head often and became addicted. Oh, that is so sad. Can you believe that? Oh. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh. Today, the small town, uh, small brown monkey who gets camera shy when journalists film him is of, of about 150 illegally trafficked, trafficked animals recovering from various forms of abuse at the Primate Rehabilitation Center in Penaflor on the outskirts of Santiago. After going through a rehab program similar to the ones human addicts undergo, he is now in recovery. I don't know why they do that. I remember a story that was going around. I wish I knew the source of it right now, but... That they got a, uh, a chimpanzee or something, or something of that nature. Addicted. Addicted to That's heroin. Sad. And then they let him go kick cold turkey. And then they tried to give him uh, drugs again. And he went ballistic. Mm. Pretty smart monkey. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. See, but humans, the, the phenomenon is, is that we'll go through that. Yeah. And then we'll allow that to happen again. Have you heard the theory about Rat Park? What is Rat Park? Well, <laughs> I don't want to go there. I know that. <laughs> well, there's a theory. Well, and it's, it's actually been tested. And this is this is, and I, I'm probably going to get this wrong a little bit. So, listeners, the ones of, of you that that think that this is legitimate and is uh, is well, just bear with me here. Okay. Uh, so evidently, uh, a team of, of people investigating um, uh, addiction to, uh, I believe, heroin, uh, took a rat and put him in a cage. And his feeding, you know, the little bottle with the thing, uh, was had heroin in it. And so the rat, you know, uh, there was one. There was one with water, and there was one with heroin. And the rat went to the one with heroin. And then he went back to the one with heroin constantly. He just kept going. Now, he was all by himself. Then they did the same thing, but this time they put a whole bunch of rats into the cage. And the rats never went to the heroin. They went to the water. So their conclusion, and I'm probably being more simplistic about this than it deserves, but their conclusion was um, if you are supported and you're surrounded by a community that that cares. We know animals have communities and they, they care for each other and so forth. That your chances of using or becoming addicted are a lot less than if you're isolated. Well, that makes sense. It does, but it doesn't. Because there's a lot of people that were raised in a very supportive, loving community of people and they still got addicted. And they still used. But probably in their minds, they were alone. Perhaps nobody loved them. Inferiority yeah, complex, yeah. whatever. But I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, now, I definitely agree that if you're in recovery, your chances are going to be better if you've got a supportive environment than if you're all by yourself. You know. Uh, but as far as actually developing an addiction, if that's due to 
you don't have anybody around you. I think I don't know. I, it, it, the title of the article is "Everything You Knew About Addiction Was Wrong," and so I don't know if I buy this. I, I don't know if I buy it. What do you think, Bruce? I think we do think that way. I think we do. That, you know that uh, if we're just as long as because if we have a child and that child starts to mess around with yeah. with drugs, first thing we do is come alongside that child and try to support that child. But what happens? Child uses anyway. Right. But we think that way. Yeah. And we we think that's true. I believe, and I'm going to make a bold statement here, that it's all spiritual. Mm-hmm. It's not, it, it doesn't have anything to do with the physical. And we think that we can straighten that physical part out. And I believe we have to straighten the spiritual part out. Amen to that. Because otherwise we just remove the substance and then the problem would go away. Absolutely. But that's not really the problem. <laughs> Absolutely. See, we want to think our problem is our drinking and using. Yeah. Now, as huge as that is, and it is huge, you know, we have testimony from all three of us about how big that is. Right. The real problem is in our sobriety. That's right. Yeah, you betcha. Yeah. And you betcha. The, our our literature tells us in any 12-step program to keep care of the spiritual <clears> and <throat> the mental and the physical will fall in mind. Yeah. But we want to yeah. go we want to do it the other way. We want to go out and work on our conduct, which isn't a bad deal, is it? You right, know? right. But right. that's not going to settle the problem. Yeah, and therefore that the scripture verse seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added unto you. So if we're mm-hmm. seeking it, and that and that's that's why God is in in the first part of the steps, not yeah. at the end. And we we want to make it the important step. We believe in that that physical has to be worked on and kept. Care oh, absolutely, of yes. We're yeah. responsible. You know, yeah. we're, we're I'm sure of that. Well, yeah. listen, our topic uh, this week is uh, well. Bef- well, now I'll, t- I'll tell you that later. Our topic this week is outside issues. Uh, what are outside issues? Uh, are there outside issues? Are, are there things that are taboo to talk about within your 12-step support meetings, regardless of what fellowship you're in? Um, and we're going to be talking about that. Um, but we're going to go listen to uh, from our sponsors, and then Cecil has trivia for us, and then we'll we'll go to the topic. Yes, indeedy. So hold on. Go ahead, Sandy. And we'll I just... have to correct my mistake last week. Right, go ahead and tell us now before we go to the break. Before I am divorced, my husband did not buy a Honda motorcycle. He bought a Victory, and he said I needed to correct that on the air. (laughs) Okay? Well, very good. It is corrected. Done. Motorcycle owners owners are very particular about it. They are. Yeah. Okay, now we can go on. All right, don't go away. We'll be right back. In the time it takes to pour your morning coffee, a child is abused. In the time it takes for you to tie your shoes, a child is intentionally injured. In the time it takes to lock your door, a child is neglected. In the time it takes for you to turn on the evening news, a child is forgotten. And in the time it takes for you to get from morning coffee to evening news, four of those children have died. Don't wait, take action. If you know of or even suspect child abuse, 
please call 1-800-422-4453. That's 1-800-4-A-CHILD. Or go to www.childhelp.org. Counselors are available 24-7. All calls are confidential. Bring hope. Bring an end to child abuse. This message brought to you by the Foundation for the Prevention and Treatment of Child Abuse. Hey you! Yeah you! It's the Monty Man from Take 12 Recovery Radio. And as a journalist, I get a ton of literature from folks to read every single year. And I simply can't get to everything. But there is one publication I never miss. It's the 12-Step Gazette. This is an award-winning recovery magazine for Philly, South Jersey, and surrounding counties. And is distributed nationwide and can be viewed even on the internet. Rehabs, detoxes, helplines, puzzles, classifieds, columnists, events, an hilarious humor page, and so much more. All found in the 12-Step Gazette. To get your copy of the 12-Step Gazette, visit www12 StepGazette.com today. Well, zippity doo dot day. <laughs> this is the month to be thankful, and I'm thankful for Take 12 Trivia. That's right, Take 12 Trivia this week is brought to you by the 12 Step Gazette. This is their website at 12stepgazette.com. All righty, this week's trivia is peanut trivia. Peanut trivia. (laughs) (laughs) If you get it right, you get a bell. If you get it wrong, I'm just going to say platters and let that go across to all of the answers. (laughs) All right. It takes about how many peanuts to make a 12 ounce jar of peanut butter? Here are your choices. How many peanuts for a 12-ounce jar? 540, 1,000, or 2,000? 2,000. Ditto. Ditto? Sorry. 540 is actually the answer. That's crazy. Oh, At least <laughs> amount. We should challenge him. <laughs> okay. I thought it would have took a lot more than yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, how many peanuts are in the standard size Snickers bar? 15, 25, or 35? 15. I go with that, too. You go with that? You guys are correct. The bell. Uh, number three. The average child will eat how many peanut butter and jelly sandwiches before he or she graduates high school? So <laughs> <laughs> my husband eats every day for lunch for 18 years. Yeah, but he's not average. I know. Yeah. Is it 300, 800, or 1,500? Gosh. 18 years. What's, what is it again? What, 300? 300, 800, or 1,500? 800. Hmm. I Fif- think it's 1,500. 15, 1,500. Okay, Sandy, you get that. Bruce, you're right. It's 1,500. Well, she said she thought it was that. <laughs> yeah, she that just, doesn't count, though. She just that doesn't count. Oh, boy. All right, and here's your bonus. Uh, two of this nation's presidents were peanut farmers. One was Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Who was the other peanut farmer? Was it Ben Franklin, John Kennedy, or Thomas Jefferson? <laughs> the first one. Ben Franklin? Yeah. Thomas Jefferson. Saying. Sandy's correct. It was Thomas Jefferson. Yay. Sorry, Bruce. Yay, Sandy. <laughs> Good guess. <laughs> that's, 
If that's two and two, which added up, make four. That's right. Wow, you're a mathematician. That's four. We got all of them. But we, oh, because one got two right and the other one got two right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, so that, we got four right. Yay. All right. All right. <laughs> well, that's it for Take 12 Trivia for this week. All right. We'll be uh, back with the topic, Outside Issues, right after this. Addiction is the number one health threat in our world today. It affects more people than any other malady, and yet the solution to this health crisis gets the least amount of attention. May I introduce to you a media outlet that's doing something about that. KHLT Recovery Broadcasting, home of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Shows, is the world's only faith-based radio station broadcasting 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, with the solution to the addiction problem. Visit Take12Radio.com for recovery talk and positive music and be ready to be set free from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. That's Take12Radio.com on your internet dial. As men and women who have recovered from utterly hopeless states of addiction ourselves, we know all too well what it's like to battle addiction daily. We are Origins Recovery Centers. Here at Origins, we have taken that which we have learned along the way, excised anything unhelpful and unnecessary, infused it with the latest medical research and innovative therapeutic methods, and created what we know to be the absolute gold standard in substance abuse treatment. And Origins provides the most preeminent aftercare and relapse prevention program available in the United States. For a free confidential clinical assessment, call toll-free 888-843-8935. That's 888-843-8935. Origins, delivering real solutions for real families. All right, uh, we have returned, and the topic this week is outside issues. Now, uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't heard it a lot lately. Actually, in, in the last few years, I really haven't heard a lot of horn blowing about. Well, that's an outside issue. That's an outside issue. I, I don't. I don't know. It seems. It seems like we kind of go in waves with things. Um, but there was a time in my experience when I heard that a lot, mm-hmm. and somebody would bring up something that somebody else in a meeting thought was an outside issue, and the person would would interrupt them in the middle of their share and say, that's an outside issue that doesn't belong here in the meeting or, or whatever. So I posed this question on the Take 12 Radio uh, uh, Facebook group. I said, group question, what do you consider an outside issue in 12-step meetings? Um, and, and so here's some of the, the answers I got. Mike Y said, talking about other people's issues and defects, stick to your own. Um uh, Robert S. said, anything and everything that has nothing to do with the steps and traditions of AA. So he's referring to AA meetings. Uh, David S. said, any issue that does not pertain to that group's primary purpose. I thought that was pretty good. Yep. Um, Let's see. uh, Paul E., um, tongue-in-cheek, 
kind of jokingly said, what about depression long -term, uh, in long-term sobriety? And somebody questioned him on that, and he goes, I know, I was, I, it was a trick question. Um, Christopher Wise said, none, there are no rules in these meetings. I thought that was an interesting response, because I wasn't suggesting that. I was just saying, what do you consider an outside issue? Right. But isn't it interesting how we'll kind of, you know, get our defenses up. Oh, there's no rules. <laughs> you know, but, but I, I understand his heart. I appreciate that. Um, Andrew H. said, in a nutshell, keeping your opinions and nose out of things that do not concern us. Rather, we keep our side of the street clean, thus growing in the spirit. Um, Marco R. said, it's hard for me to say... But I think all issues, including mental health issues and religion and psychology, were all tied and all tied together to create the big book. He's actually right about that. Even politics, maybe to a little extent. I don't think we should talk extensively at an AA meeting about politics and such, but they can be briefly mentioned without fear of judgment from other people. Not to sound arrogant, but I... But I Earned my seat in Alcoholics Anonymous, and everyone has a story to tell hmm. and should not be shunned by uh, everyone else, even when we have an opinion of our own. We are all entitled to our opinions, even though they may be wrong a lot of the time. But I suspect that if I'm going by the big book, uh, the Bible and the Holy Spirit inside of me, I won't be wrong and will be on the right and only truthful side anyways. And that's my two cents. I get passionate about this subject. <laughs> um, Joe T said, what sports team to root for, political issues, religious affiliation, other people using other people's names, money, property, or prestige? So those were just some of the responses to that. Um, my personal favorite was David S's. Any issue that does not pertain to that group's primary purpose. I kind of like that one. Yep, I love that one. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I've heard a couple of things, you know, uh, from people. I remember sitting in a meeting one time and somebody was specific about who their higher power was. And somebody else spoke up and said, that doesn't belong in this meeting. That's an outside issue. Um, I thought, is it? If it pertains to that person's recovery, is it an outside issue? Um, I think sometimes we complain because it makes us feel uncomfortable. And it may not be an outside issue at all. But I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Who wants to take a stab at it? I used to think talking about other people and uh, that sort of thing was bad in, in a meeting mm -hmm. until I stopped and just started listening. And then that gave me a real good idea where that person was at if they weren't able to talk about their own stuff and try to at least use the forum right uh to uh to, to somebody else's advantage you know yeah i think the thing i forget more than anything is that it's an altruistic movement and i'm not there for myself i'm there for other people to set my stuff aside you know as best I can, and put them first. But that took a while for you to, to come to an understanding of that, true? Yeah, it, it, and even more to be able to do it. Sure. I mean, I, I can't do it. We're the darn, you know. And I really think the traditions have two gates on them. 
Okay, the first tradition for unity and the last tradition for anonymity. And the anonymity is willing to put our stuff aside for the betterment of the group. Right. That's what they're how they're trying to use that. Yes, it right? is. Yes. So they got gates on the traditions to hold it together, if you will. You know, Ted, mm, all like of that. those things come together. That's why I can't talk without my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, you can't see him over here twisting it. <laughs> so I I forget that, and it's it's hard for me to do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I want to say things, and it holds people hostage. You know what I mean? And I hear I see that a lot. So we could we could talk about any of those things or use any of those, but. I don't think that's what the the founders were trying to do. That's why I liked the one that the third one also, where it that doesn't pertain to the group. Right. Somebody comes purpose. in there and they're and they're not well, and they just got there, not newcomers. Uh, that's the one you want to hear, or listen, to talk to. They don't know how or what to say. They might say anything or talk about anybody. You know, yeah, they 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 don't know anybody. Oh, they're and to, hurting. And to publicly, you know, correct somebody, you know, particularly in a harsh manner, yeah, when right. they're when they're new, that is that isn't helpful. No, wait till after the meeting and but pull them aside and be yeah. and be gentle and you know you don't have to pat them on the butt. But come on, see, I think you the know, person that says something to them, there's something happening with them. Yeah, and if we Very listen well to him be. or her, we'll understand maybe where they're coming from. But that's hard to do. It is. See, we want to jump in the mess because that's where we operate real well. <laughs> Sandy. Well, you know, I come in here with these very intelligent gentlemen, and, and oh, please, <laughs> and I was leery of coming back on this show, but since I beat. Bruce at one of the quiz questions last week. Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty cocky. <laughs> anyway, I did so. I had to do some looking up, and I went into the traditions, tradition ten, mm-hmm. and it was really interesting to read that. I I don't know how long it's been since I read it, but they mentioned politics, religion, and reform, and they talked about a group called the Washingtonian Society. Yes, and, and that they were. 100 years ago, and they were mm-hmm. doing real well, but they started the thing with abolition, and it destroyed them. Right. But the statement that I liked the most was it says, survival of AA is more important than the than the weight we could throw back on any other cause. And I know this is more like media and right. whatever, but... Um, it's kind of like coming into a meeting and saying, if Donald Trump gets elected president, I'm going to drink. Um, you don't need to have a problem about religion or politics or whatever and not talk about it, but you need to talk about the solution and how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, whatever it is that's probably not a real good topic, you could just start talking about how something is making you feel and you're afraid it's going to run you right off the cliff. But um, it was interesting to read that. Do you you think, particularly for people 
you know, we, we need to kind of give give the newcomers some slack. Right. 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 Uh, you don't want to give them too much because then they'll think it's all about them. Right. I mean, that's the way I was. Oh, am. <laughs> um, but but um, after and this is, again, this goes back to, to healthy sponsorship. Right. You know, um, is, is your sponsor familiar with these steps? Have they had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps? Are they are they do they grasp this thing the way the book lines it out? And if they do, are they working with people? And are they making the approach? And so instead of complaining about somebody bringing up an outside issue is new, why don't you go offer your assistance as, as their sponsor and, and, and work with them and teach them and guide them? But here's the deal. We are lacking in those kind of people. You know, there, there's a huge percentage of people that don't have sponsors, and the ones they do have are simply phone numbers. Right. Um, and so we, we go uneducated, and, 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 and so there are some folks that – have been around a long time, but there's they have such a newcomer mentality because no one's ever worked with them, um, or they've never been willing to surrender to allow anybody to work with them, and um, even to the point where when they do know better, after because you can sit in these meetings for years and never have a sponsor and nobody ever work with you, but common sense will kind of start to teach you what the lingo is, right? And you're gonna you're gonna catch on. You know, and you're going to know what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. And, and um, but there are some people with co-occurring mental health issues that simply won't get that. And they may say, well, you know, if Donald Trump gets elected president, I'm going to drink. Or you and I might say, you know, if certain individuals get elected as president, I may I may drink over that. And I'm really concerned about it. Well, you're not mentioning any names, but that t- that's, see, that's wisdom. And that's that's balance and stuff. And some people just don't have that. Right. So do we crucify them publicly? No. Um, do we try and work with them and talk with them? And what about what the one guy said? There's no rules in these meetings. I kind of chuckle at that, really. You know, you walk in waving a gun, you're going to see some rules being being enforced. <laughs> you walk in naked, someone's going to probably talk to you. There are There's no requirement for membership. But we do have some basic common decency guidelines that we need to follow by in a meeting. Yeah, and there is a requirement that, you know, a desire to The desire to stop drinking drinking. or whatever the fellowship may be. Um, uh, And so, okay, what about somebody that that says, um, you know, talks about their their electric bill and their, you know, their poverty level. And, you know, I'm just – I'm going through this stuff and it's just – uh, you know, my power's getting shut off next week. I mean, I, I heard a lady that lives in Jefferson or Sio or something um, several years ago. I mean, she was in a world of hurt financially. I mean, it was just taking her down. And somebody said, you know, that's all outside issues. And I'm like, is it? No. I don't think it is. No, that's your life. That's what I'm trying to tell you. People that come in are people that even with some time and they're they're in these positions and they need that fellowship to be able to talk about that stuff. Yeah. You see? And we, I used to think that is what people were doing when I said they take me hostage. Okay? Because that's such a profound thing in their life. They'll talk about it over and right. over and over. We have a young girl in our, our uh, uh, fellowship that, does that with her family life and mm-hmm. she talks about that 
you know, constantly. And I call it taking us hostage. We're going to be take hostage. You just heard about this yesterday, and we're going to hear about it cleaning the next week. Right. You see. Well, but hopefully somebody will take the initiative, like the one that's got all the financial problems. You know, somebody that hears that and has gone through it might be able to stop this lady on the way out the door and say, look, I had that happen to me, and this is what I did. You can go to this organization, and they can work some stuff out with you. I mean, it it gives – I mean, you're talking about gut-wrenching stuff that could cause you to to really go out the door and not come back. But if you say it out loud, then there should be somebody around that's going to give you a a nudge in the right direction to try to, you know, work it out. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you brought that up because that's – Exactly where I'm going with this. People do that. That would be a wonderful thing, you see, and they would show that they care. They <laughs> they listen to this person. But what do we do? And this is what I do too. I'm not saying other people. I'm saying yeah. me. What I want to do is either say something about that's an outside issue. I mean, that's what we're talking about. But most of the time, what I want to do is give a response. Like, my response is going to be beneficial to these people. Mm-hmm. Shape. And that's how I think the program has become something other than looking for a higher power. Right. It's become meeting dependent. You mean the fellowship? Yeah. Yeah. The, the it, fellowship's become yeah. more, more meeting dependent than, or more man, yeah. man centered than God centered. And let me make right. the, the clear the statement is that. Meetings have a purpose, and they're huge, and I go to them, and I participate in them, but it's not my solution. Right. By any means or source. Right. But it should be a place where you can hear the solution from someone. Right. But yeah, but I'm like Sandy. I mean, somebody, that's one-on-one. That's exactly what the book is talking about. You're over there trying to help. You're over there on some level of altruism. Yeah. You know, it's not about a selfish need. You know, yeah. and if it is, you can correct that. Yeah, but we do these things in meetings and we think that we're doing something. I think I'm going to say something that is going to improve somebody's life. <laughs> well, you know what? It may actually harm them. I mean, you don't really, right. you know, no, sometimes. It, there, it, there's been a couple of occasions, even. Even in the women's meeting where women have started talking about uh, being abused and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was at a meeting early on when some woman was talking about her dad or whoever had abused her when she was young. And one of the old timers took her aside later and said, you need to get a sponsor and you need to talk about this kind of thing with a sponsor one-on-one. And... You know, I, I I don't know. I'm just saying that there are things that make other people uncomfortable. And it's not actually an issue of whether it's an outside issue or I'm, maybe I should stop now because I don't know. Well, what you know, I'm trying I, to say. I, I think I think what I hear what I hear you saying is is if we tell somebody, you know, this is this is this is why you need to get somebody you can work with, right? Is not because. We don't want to hear it as much as you just sharing it in the meeting isn't really going to help you. Right. But working with this other person 
you know, then you guys can sit down and work out a solution and, and things in your life can change. But just coming to a meeting every day, sharing the same old thing, the same old problem, is you're just spinning your wheels. We expect right. this new newcomer to understand what a general way is like. And they can't. Right. We they're assume they do. They're coming in there just full of this thing. So somebody should take them aside. Somebody else that feels that they understand can make the approach and say, you know, me too. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I get it. Yeah. They'll I get, get this yeah. thread of identification, you know, and they'll go to work with you know one another and they'll learn to help one another. But if that's all they do... Mm-hmm. And and that's all we do on the other side is what I was saying I do. Then are we really functioning as a well group? Yeah. <laughs> and how often how often do you see that somebody getting up and going to a newcomer after a meeting? And not you, often. You don't see it very not often. Very often at all. No. And and I think that's the biggest thing that helped me in the beginning was, I mean, I didn't want to be around women, but I finally had a woman say to me, I, you know, that's what happened to me. And we went out to coffee and I just bleh, you know, and it wasn't like a meeting. We prayed even. Yeah. And I didn't want to pray. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't have anything I wanted to say to God because he hated me. But we prayed. Yeah. And yeah. it was a little yeah. bit of that door opening a little bit wider, but you don't see people making more, the approach. Making the approach very much. Yeah, my dream. <clears throat> so, so let's say somebody, somebody. Uh, well, let me put it this way: I, I like it when they when they have or they used to. I don't know if they do anymore, um, but I, I remember a time when they actually had for lack of a better term, training classes. They they actually did some things, sometimes at the service conventions, um, for people that were chairing meetings or people to be GSRs, you know, general service reps, things like that. They actually had classes. They had classes on sponsorship. Um, and they would help a person understand how to chair a meeting. You know, and, and if if the meeting starts to get away from the topic, how to reel people back in in, in a kind and courteous manner. Um, and not necessarily putting a buzzer on the desk and, you know, time's up, you, you know, but how to, how to verbalize it in a way that was palatable for the person. Um, and, and because I, I've sat in meetings where a person will just go down a rabbit trail. You want to talk about outside issues. They're talking about, you know, the, the size tires on their car from everything from that, um, uh, to their military background. And, it, you know, and I'm, and I'm like, you know, I'm looking at the chairperson like, reel this person back in, you know, but they don't know how. Right. It, because that's uncomfortable. You know, I yeah. don't want to stop him. You know, I might offend him and, and all that kind of thing. Some people get offended all day long. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter Over what you anything. do. <laughs> uh, but I don't you think that maybe it would be a good idea for people that are actually going to be chairing a meeting to learn a little bit more on how to do that? Um, but if we just go with like the one guy said, there's no rules in these meetings. That's kind of irresponsible, isn't it? Yes. Well, isn't that what we're trying? What we're doing <clears throat> is we're telling people that this is all right to do. If you've got ninety days and that's all you have, and you haven't done a thing, you can come up here and sit and right. share a meeting. We want you to. 
See, it's good service work. And they think it's service work to stay sober. Right. It's just good service work. Right. It's learning not to be so darn selfish to give something of yourself. That's all it's for. Right. Okay. So they, but they get up there and they know nothing about it and it just goes off sideways. And then we want to complain about it. Yeah. And we, and we haven't made the approach to help teach the person well, how would to do be, it, but we're complaining. It, right. be, yeah. it would be nice if we had places to go or workshops that we get people to. But see, we don't think we have to go to workshops because we have something to give to the alcoholic who still suffers if we've got one day clean. Yeah. That's our mentality. That's yeah. Well, that's yeah. what we're telling people. We are telling people that. Yeah. We are telling people that. Now you may yeah. have you, but and you may have something to give. I mean, you bet. Yeah, but you, you're you're real young right now. I mean, I can't. You know, I can go to one class, one aviation class, and sit there and open the ground school book, right? And I'm going to have more experience in that class in one day than you have never going to it. That's just common sense. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, what about win factor A? And I can say, well, on page 32, win factor A says this about, you know, uh, this part of the plane. And I'll know that. Should I be teaching a class on aviation at this point? Uh, that, that's, no. <laughs> that's, that's true. But the point I think that I'm trying to make here <laughs> is that if a person comes in, mm-hmm. you know, and all they've got is one day, and we want to tell them that they have something to offer, or we want to tell them they can chair a meeting, or we want to do this or do that. We're doing it because it sounds good and it appeals to the nature, you know, to be wanted and those kind of things. And we're doing it on a group level. And I'm not saying it's bad. It's the way we do it and the mm-hmm. way we frame it. We put it in mm-hmm. recovery. Mm-hmm. You see what mm-hmm. I mean? These are the kind of things that we should be doing for we can gain their confidence to tell them about recovery. Do we have something that you want? Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. not, they don't think of people that way, you know? Right. I sure didn't. I right. thought the group was a bunch of dummies because <laughs> I was just all about me. So, so the point again that I'm, that I think I'm trying to make is that we're, we're feeding this monster. And then we want to complain about it. You know what I mean? We're telling them that it's something because it appeals to the ear gate. It sounds good. Right. You know, and right. we would like to have some of that. Yeah. Stroke me yeah. some more. Well, and it feels good for us to see somebody's face light up when we say, you know what? Why don't you, why don't you start pouring the coffee? Here, I'll t- teach you how to do it. And they go, wow, I'm needed. And that makes us feel good. That they it, feel good. That's exactly what I'm talking right. about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and like it's you said, not, it's not a, a bad, bad thing. thing. It's not a bad thing. And it's because it, it's a, it goes sour because of what Sandy is saying. Mm-hmm. We don't see people making the approach and, and building on those sort of service work things. Right. Service work's not a bad thing. For crying out loud, it'll keep you sober for the day, won't it? This brings back a memory of early on when some I was going to the morning meeting, and I had probably... 35, 40 days. The one that was upstairs? Yep. Yeah, I used to call it the no BS meeting because people that were BSers didn't get up that early. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, it. That was an awesome <laughs> that meeting. That was me. That was an awesome meeting. And they took a group conscience one morning. There was usually six or seven of us at, you know. Right. They took a group conscience and said that I could chair the meeting 
and old Betty got back from vacation that Uh-oh. day and came in. <laughs> and she just started screaming. I mean, I'm not – I love her to death, but she embarrassed me. <laughs> what the – are you doing chair in a meeting? You don't have 90 days. Get off behind that desk. You know, and so there are rules that aren't rules yeah. that you need to abide by. And, and, yeah, we would be good with a training session. I know they've had some – for sponsorship over the years, but I've never right, right, never seen anything for right. sharing. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think we we do these kind of things, but then years go by before we do another one. You well, know, well, and if you cut, get up there at ninety days and chair a meeting, and you get twenty four years of sobriety, and you're still chairing meetings, and you're doing the same thing that you did at ninety days because you've never learned anything in the meantime. Right. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you mm-hmm. bet. Yeah. You bet. Interesting stuff. Um, I, I I just uh, I just find it interesting though. It, again, it comes back to if we're correcting people publicly in a meeting, what's our motivation here? Are we trying to be helpful, or are we uncomfortable with what they're sharing? Could be both. Could be a little both. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I I think it comes back to that question I talked about the other day. You know, ba- that we have to ask ourselves before we act. You know, based on my past experience, my current circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do? Ask yourself what's wise, not what's right. Yeah, because I don't not think... Not what the group conscience is, what's wise. I don't think what Betty did was so wrong, but I think what Betty did, uh, the way she bet, Betty did what she did was wrong. Right, I agree. See, there, there, that is... Uh, but that uh, was just Betty. Oh, the I deliverance. The deliverance yeah. of it. See, yeah. and, and, and nobody wanted to correct her either. <laughs> you see, well, who would? Because she she was a tyrant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Sometimes know. I miss that. Well, the strong people like Ed, you know what I mean? He was strong and, and, and quiet. And yet when he worked one-on-one, he was a mild man. Yeah. He might have... Sure said some harsh things to you, but he was a mild man, and right. you knew that once he... You knew he yeah. loved you. Yeah. Same yeah. with her. Yeah. Yeah. Same but with he, uh, I mean, he's sitting up there smoking, and the smoke just a billing <laughs> off of him, you know, and, hey, if you can't get over it, then you better just, uh, you know, if no, you're still thinking the about it. In the yeah, other people could drink us. You just have to get over it. <laughs> <laughs> and harsh, you know, big man. Oh, yeah. man. Well, I remember he, um, when I first met him, I thought, this is somebody that we'll never, I'll never be friends with. It's just impossible. It's never going to happen. You know, and we ended up becoming very close. Again, see? Very close. And I was over at his trailer a lot. And just a gentle giant. You know, we talk about everything from UFOs to the devil. You know, I mean, <laughs> right. it, it was, you know, he comes to the door and his, in his tidy whities and a big mug of iced tea. He goes, come on in, young man. <laughs> Sit down and watch TV. You know. You never know. You yeah. just don't. You never know. And so what about, look at the, the chance, I'll say, that, that uh, Kimberly took. Mm-hmm. When she approached me, because nobody else, there was nobody there that was willing to do it. Mm. She wrote me a little note, you know, and she said, you're on the right path. She says, continue there. 
then she made an approach to me, and we talked about that and and some other things. And uh, uh, I asked her; if she'd be my sponsor. But now her sponsor, my grand sponsor, was was Loopy. You see? Oh yeah. And uh, I got in this huge argument with Loopy, very very bad, and uh, I had to make an amends for that. Anyway, so that's how I through those three things. I asked Kimberly to be my sponsor, you know, and Kimberly actually went to her, I don't know, we're not talking about sponsors, but went to her husband's seat and made sure that was okay. Yeah. And yeah. did cool. that, you know. Well, we have a song to listen to. Uh, before we do that, though, um, I just want to announce that next week's show, Sandy is going to be sharing her personal story of experience, strength, and hope, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like today. And she's going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> And I'll be here to listen. <laughs> That's going to be hard. Yeah, that will be hard. Yeah. <laughs> so she's going to be showing her story, so you don't want to want to miss that. Um, so we're going to close out with this song. This is by one of the trailblazers of recovery music. Uh, his name is Michael Purrington, and his band is The Messengers. This song is entitled Outside Issues. Check this. Really? Yeah, check this out. The first time I went to a meeting, they said anything that ain't about drinking is an outside issue. Smoking blow, they shook their heads, said no, 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 that's an outside issue. My job, I can't make my rent. They said, Sorry, son, unemployment is an outside issue. It's an outside issue. I got a broken heart This blue mood Turned me apart It's an outside issue It's an outside issue Dry. 
Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man and the gang, and we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs>